Hello, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I, and I am your host. Today, we are doing a continuation of where we left off last week. And last week, we spoke about Abraham and Sarah, and the topic was the weight only counts if you wait on God. Today, we're going to be doing part two, and we're going to be talking about the story of Job. Now, as always, before we start, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, as I come before you today, Father God, I ask this day that you forgive us of every sin that we have committed against you. Holy Spirit, if we have grieved you in any way, we ask that you forgive us of our trespasses. Father God, we also remember that we need to forgive others. So right now, Father God, we come into your presence and we forgive those that have sinned against us, whether it be great or small, we choose to forgive them as we ask you to forgive us. This day, Father God, I ask you that you find, Father God, your sons and your daughters and that you allow, Father God, them to come into a place of understanding that the weight only counts when they wait on you. There is no one else, Father God, that can do the things that you can do. There is no one with the power and the authority of the Almighty God that can turn every situation and circumstance around for our good. So today, Lord God, we honor you. We worship you. We thank you that, Father God, because you love us so much, you are working everything out for our good. We love you, Lord God. Beyond what words can express, I know I love you. And so we give you thanks once more. And we ask that you lead this podcast today in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. Today, we are focusing once again on the weight. And this weight only counts if you wait on God. Now, we are going to be looking at the story of Job. And Job is 42 chapters, so we're not going to read the entire story of Job. However, I still do encourage you to go ahead Pick up your Bible and read through the story of Job. There is so much that you can learn outside of what I am giving you on this podcast. I am only referring to one portion of the story of Job, but there is so much more for you to grasp and learn and grow in your spiritual walk if you take the time to sit and read through the story of Job. We're going to start off, first of all, in Job 1. And Job 1 from verse 1 to 5 basically talks about who Job is and the amount of wealth that he actually has for Job was blessed by the Almighty God. But I'm actually going to go ahead and start at verse 5. Verse 5 says, when the days of the feast had run their course. Now this feast is that Job's children would have a feast yearly at the house of one of his children, typically the oldest child. We would go on to read that Job would send and consecrate them. Now it uses the word consecrate in this version, but in the King James version, it actually says he would send to sanctify his children. I'm reading the ESV version. 
So he would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all, that is according to the number of all his children. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this continually. Now, I sat and I read that and this is actually a word for a mother or a father, a parent that is hearing my voice. I want you to understand that Job's children were having this feast and they would celebrate together. But because Job was such a righteous man before the Lord God Almighty, he knew that his children might have said something or done something during this feast that might have caused them to walk out of the will or the alignment of the Almighty God. And so the word says that he would go and he would consecrate them or sanctify, which is the word that is used in the King James Version. Now this word means, and we read the word hallowed before when we spoke of our father prior and the word hallowed referred to being holy. So when he would consecrate his children, according to the definition of the word, it simply means that he would cause them to be hallowed of God. Job would go before the Almighty God and offer sacrifices based on the number of his children so that they would be considered holy. They would be separated from unholy things and they would be considered hallowed to God. If you are a mother or a father, I just want to encourage you today. If you have a son or a daughter that you have been praying for, it doesn't matter how long you have been praying for these children. What is significant is that the word of God is an example for how we are to live our lives. Job was a praying parent. Job was offering sacrifices on behalf of the sin of his children. And though we no longer offer blood sacrifices from animals, we still do come before the Almighty God and we pray and we fast and we seek his face so that our friends and our family and our children, whoever they may be, they would have an opportunity to end up in a position of right standing before God. So if you have been praying for a child and you are a parent, I want to encourage you right now to never stop praying. Keep interceding. Keep calling out to heaven for the God that we serve is righteous to prompt, to bring his promises to pass. So keep praying for your children. Now we're going to go forward and we're going to go back into the story of Job. We're going to start off also by looking at, we're looking at Job 1 verse 13 to 20. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabines raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all all the farm hands. Now, if you go back to Job 1, verse 1 to 4, it tells us about all that Job had, all his wealth. So he had many animals and 
every single one of those animals. They were stolen and all his farmhand, all the people helping on the farm were killed. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, that means he was still in the middle of telling Job everything that happened. Another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up all your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived and this was his news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and your daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up. Job stood up, I'm sorry, tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground and worship. Now, when I first started reviewing this section, just that's Job 1, 13 to 20. And I kept thinking to myself, before one bad news could be completed, another messenger came and he came with bad news and another messenger came and he came with bad news. It was one bad thing after the next. Not one messenger came to bring Job a story or a word of hope. They brought message after message of chaos, message after message of gloom. There was nothing to uplift Job. Not one word that came to Job was to uplift him. Yet, When we read in the scripture, it says he tore his robe in grief. So we know the struggle. We know everything that is happening in Job's life because it has been told to us. It says he shaved his head. He fell to the ground. But the most amazing part about this was that he didn't just tear his clothes and fall to the ground and cry and fall to the ground and despair and fall to the ground and curse God. But the word says he fell to the ground and he worshipped. He worshipped God. Now we have to go from the very beginning of Job where we saw a man that was bringing his children before the Almighty God. When he felt they may have sinned, he was making sacrifices on behalf of his children. And now we see that same man hearing that these children have all died. He obviously loved his children, but he did not fall on his face and curse God. He he went to a posture of worship. In spite of everything that was happening to Job, Job fell to a posture of 
worship. Now, if we didn't know anything about Job, this alone tells us about the heart of Job for the Lord God Almighty. He loves God. Last week when we looked at Abraham and Sarah, we saw something very similar. Abraham knew that Sarah was unable to bear fruit. She was barren. But though she was barren, when the word of God was spoken to Abraham that Sarah would bring forth a son, he never doubted. Sarah did, and we saw that. But his her husband Abraham, he never doubted God for he knew the Lord God that he served and he trusted that God would do as he had promised. And here we see once again that very same characteristic where Job has lost everything that has been given unto him. And instead of complaining and murmuring and finding a way to curse God, he worships the Lord God in the midst of his chaos. We're going to jump to Job 2 verse 9 to 10. And it says, so Satan left the presence of God. Now, if you read a little bit above or before that, you see that the enemy went into heaven, literally just walking around. He'd already walked around all of earth looking for some chaos that he could create. And then he went to heaven and he spoke to God. And when he spoke and God said to him from the beginning of Job, so where have you been? He basically said, Hey, I was just looking for somewhere that I could create some problem. You know, I just wondering, do you have anything in mind? Basically was the conversation. And that's when God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? Now we're seeing in Job two, where Satan once again goes back to the Lord's presence. And he struck Job with terrible boils from his head to his foot. This is Satan. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Now, I just want to make this very clear as well. For those of us who think the enemy is resting He takes a moment where he just simply is doing absolutely nothing. I want you to be aware that the enemy is always on the prowl. He never rests. You do not have time to rest either. For the weapons of your warfare, how you fight the battle with the enemy is not with your fist, but through prior, through fasting, through seeking God, because the power and the authority to do all things comes from the Lord God Almighty alone. So if you've taken a moment and I've been through these times where I become, I feel weary and it's hard sometimes to pray and it's hard sometimes to read the word. I want to encourage you, push through it. Find a scripture, pray the scripture, find something that will encourage you to pray. Listen to a praise and worship song. Find a sermon on the internet. Listen to touring with God. There are so many ways that you can be encouraged to continue on your faith journey, but do not grow weary. The enemy is forever looking for something to do to destroy 
destroy your life. We see here that he literally, he is bold. He went into the Lord's presence to ask God, you know, you gave Job all these things. And though I took them away from him, he knows that you have your hand over his life, over his health. If you take away his health, I promise you, he will curse you. And so God said to the enemy, go ahead. You can test him in this way, but you cannot take his life. And so we see here that he allowed terrible boils to fall upon Job from his head to his feet. So he afflicted Job by taking away his health. Now we go further and we are at Job 13 and 15. And we hear Job make such a bold statement here. He says, though he slay me, I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face. This is faith to another level. Job is saying, though the Almighty God allow these things to happen to me, though he allow my wealth to be taken away from me, though he allow my health to be taken away, I will hope in him yet i will argue my ways to his face this is what this message is about the weight only matters it only counts if you are waiting on god if you are hoping in god and that is what job is saying here though he slay me i will hope in him now if we go to job 19 and verse 25 it says, for I know that my redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth. Now this is for a time still to come that we know that the Lord God almighty, that Jesus Christ will reign victorious over this earth. Though we are yet to see it, it does not mean that it will not happen. Job is saying, I know that the Lord God that I serve, he reigns, he lives. He is a God that is faithful to the things that he has spoken. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. Now, if we continue to read through the book of Job, we're going to go all the way to the very ending because, as I said, it is very long, but we are just breaking it apart. We're going to go to Job 42, verse 10 to 17. And before we actually get there, I just want to make it clear that as you read through the book of Job, you will recognize a few things. Job is having this conversation with his friends for the majority of the book of Job. And in the beginning, when his friends come to visit, him they sit in silence with him but eventually they get to a point where they start talking now i'm going to say this job was given this task this challenge because the lord god almighty knew job and who job would be in spite of everything that would happen because job's friends oh job's friends whew, now i know job's friend they meant him from their hearts, I'm thinking they really thought they were doing great in this time that they were speaking to Job. But let me tell you, when you read the conversation between Job and his friends, there were so many times where I got frustrated with Job's friends. And the Lord knows that if it were Tony, it would have been a completely different discussion. But he did this 
to Job for he knew the heart of Job. He will allow you sometimes to go through tests and trials, but it is never to destroy you for he knows the plans that he has for you. So as we get to the ending of Job, the Lord actually answers Job. He, he speaks clearly to Job and he answers Job. And when he answers Job, Job has no choice but to say to the almighty God, Lord, I come before you. I repent of everything that I have said that did not bring glory or honor to you. I repent of the words that I have spoken that were out of line. And he fell silent before the Lord. Then we also see God rebukes not just Job, but he rebukes Job's friends as well. And then we see Job is restored. Now, Job 42, verse 10 to 17, it says, And the Lord restored the fortune of Job when he had prayed for his friends. We started off with Job praying for his children. We're ending with Job praying for his friends. We cannot stop praying and the prayer cannot be solely for yourself. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and they ate bread with him in his house they showed him sympathy they comforted him for all the evil that the lord had brought upon him and each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold and the lord blessed the latter days of job more than his beginnings and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand female donkeys. Now, we may not be speaking in these terms anymore because we may not have camels and sheep and donkey, but this is just simply saying that when God blesses you, He restores unto you a double fold of the things that you have lost, whether it be money, whether it be children, whether it be a job. It doesn't matter what it is that you have lost. When you wait upon God, he will restore you more than you had before. And he called the name of his first daughter. So let's just go through this. He had children all over again. He had three daughters. And in all the land, there were no women as beautiful as Job's daughters. And their father gave them an in inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived a 140 years and he saw his sons and his son's sons for four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. So we see here that for Job, there was healing, there was restoration beyond measures. And as I said before, you may wonder why bother put Job through all of this if at the end he is going to be restored. But this is the reason that God knows who he chose for this battle. And he still is in perfect alignment, perfect knowledge and wisdom to what he gives each of us as a battle. Job was equipped to do what only Job would or could do. Now that word goes for someone today. If you are struggling through something and you are waiting on God, you are are equipped to do, to go through what 
whatever it is you are currently going through. Almighty God, as we come before you today, I pray that you open the heart and the mind of someone who is waiting on you to understand that not only have you promised your people, Father God, that you will never leave or forsake them, that your promises for us are for good and not for evil, but Father God, that you have already equipped them to go through this season that they are going through. I pray, Almighty God, that as they wait on you, that you, Father God, will pull through for them in ways they have never seen or imagined before. That you would allow, Father God, their latter days to be greater than their former. That you would restore unto them, Father God, the joy of your salvation. That you would restore unto them everything that has been stolen from their lives, Almighty God. I ask you now to lay your hand of protection and provision over your people. That their faith would grow because of the move of your hand. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And we wait eagerly, Father God, for the testimony of your people as you do what you have already spoken in their lives. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. Once again, my name is Tony with an I, and I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m., where we continue to talk about the weight only counting if you wait on God. We do have an Instagram and a TikTok. They're both Touring with God, and the email address is touringwithgod at gmail.com. I still do have Bibles. If you want a Bible, reach out to me, and I will do my best to get it to you. Once again, I will see you next week. Bye.